I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Lovely cushion header. Pajero! G'day everyone and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. This is the monthly couch show. My name is George Xanthus. I'm joined on the couch by Peter the Coach Cafinas. How's it going, Pete? Not too bad, George. It's good to finally get this pod out and starting. This is attempt number six that we've done, just <laughs> by the way. Um, yeah, so if you haven't noticed this, um, we're, we're, these are the Aussie voices. So we're, we're just doing a little bit of a monthly show, a bit of a monthly roundup. Um, we want to talk about funny, positive stuff, but unfortunately, September just hasn't been that funny. Or positive. Or positive. Um, the month of my birth, it was my birthday a couple of uh, couple of days ago, and, and Liverpool gave me a, a big fat 2 nil. <laughs> middle finger up to me two middle fingers which represents two love um so yeah we, we, the show is designed to be sort of like a you don't want to say post-mortem because that sounds negative but that, that's essentially what it is those can be positive uh, if there are positive things to look at but we are just looking at the month sort of reviewing it uh seeing what's gone on that follows specific patterns or trends and and we do have things m- Unfortunately, they are a little bit negative, but they're constructive. We'll call it constructive. We've got a lot of constructive stuff to talk about, but there's also positives as well to to talk about. I think that's important to mention. We've got a few well, good positives to talk about at the same time. And as you said, we are going to be constructive in a positive way. Yes. On all the negative kind of events that have happened in, uh, in September. But this will be an interesting show. We've got some good content here, and I'm looking forward to, to getting this show started, to be honest. So I think we should... Uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, without much further ado, let's um, let's have a look. Well, point one, section one, point A. Winless September. Winless September. <laughs> so far, it can change uh, against Leicester um, tomorrow. Is that tomorrow? Oh, yeah, we've still got enough time. Yep. Yeah, we've got enough time. Yeah, 22nd of September. We've got ages. We've got another game in September? Next week, uh, Moscow, isn't it? Oh yeah, this can be this September can be salvaged. Imagine if we beat Moscow nine <laughs> nil. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if we beat them nine nil and we break our own record of eight nil where Yossi Benayoun came on and scored four 12. goals, wasn't it? I think he scored twelve. 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 Twelve and eight nil, that's right, he did too. He was eight nil, but he scored twelve goals. Yeah, I remember nine disallowed. Doesn't Look, make any sense. Let's just focus on Leicester first because I think that's more important in this point in time. Yeah, let let, let the, the Leicester game. Um well we'll win that one what 
Oh, could be seven. Could be seven nil. And then our goal difference will go up and then everyone will be like, who cares about defence? You've got seven goals under your... Pe-. Imagine that, seven nil against them. Unless would people you, shut up? Would people shut the fuck up then? No, they wouldn't, George. Now, you know what's going to happen? We win seven nil and then we're the best team in the world and then we draw and then we're the worst team in the world and then we win. Then It just... Why... It can't fluctuate like this. Why can't it just be... Why can't it just be events? At this stage of the season, it just needs to be events. And it does bring you, bring me on to point number uh, 1.2B one, 1. <laughs> under one winless September, which is support. Pete, you, 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 were, you, came, in, you, you came through the door. You said, hey, go on, man. Happy birthday for the other day. Hey, go on. I can't handle our supporters. Yeah, I've had enough. Right. Not of Liverpool. Actually, yes, I've had enough of Liverpool, but more so of our supporters. It's... <sighs> I've, I don't know if you've noticed or not. I've tried to stay away from social media for the past week, week and a half. Yeah. Um, purely because I just I hate what I read and I hate what I even almost to the point I hate what I hear now as well. Because even some pods like other other pods I listen to things like that, there's just there's a lot of negativity. And okay, true. yes, we're not in a good moment. Speaking as Jurgen Klopp, but <laughs> at the same moment. time, it's it's only going to get worse if you make it worse. It is what you make it as fans. We can't play. We can't do these things. We can't change the result. But, but we all know more than Jurgen, clearly. Oh, yeah. We know we more know than Jurgen. We know way more than him. We know more than the players. We're better than the players that are on the field, yeah. even though half the people talking shit have never kicked a ball in their life <laughs> or actually done anything to do with football apart from play FIFA. And yet that gives them the sit there and bag everybody out. It's just, it's pointless to be honest. So the only conversations I really enjoy are the ones I have with, with some good mates. And as you said, that they're, they're physical people you can see. You can actually talk to them and touch them and, and just that's know the that ma- That's the major point. If you can phys- if you can see them, if you can if you can hold them, if you can touch them, caress. If you can caress their essence, sniff them. If you can sniff. Yeah, I can sniff. I can. I can. I can. Yeah, I can smell you. Therefore, you are you are real. Yeah, it's Rexona. Um, you can smell that. Re- is that Rexona? It's Rexona. Lovely. New sport edition. Scent. It's a it's a nice musk that you have. It's a new sport edition. It's nothing new fancy. New sport edition. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you could, if that is the case, then have a conversation. What what one thing that I want to bring up with support is, if it's stimulated online by people you can't see, how the hell do you know who it is? It could be a person from another club. It could be a twelve year old. For. Fuck's sake, it could be a fucking... T- and would you argue with a child? Would you argue with a child? No, you just slap them. I then Jürgen Klopp out, please. Um, you're 12. What the fuck do I care what you say? But I stupid and he loses. You wouldn't even listen to him, but because it's on the, on the internet and it's on Twitter, all of a sudden you... We, we, and this is one thing that I, I found. Um, I talk about... We talk about Anford Rap a lot because they're the, the leaders in this, in this sort of field. Um, closely followed by day trippers, of course. <laughs> Congratulations on the blue tick as well. Um, but they they entertained the ramblings of a troll. Now, there are so many people atting them and tagging them and things. And yes, they do tag and retweet positive things. But I don't see as much response. They don't go backwards and forwards with people who are positive. They do it with people who are negative. And that's the problem, is that when there's something negative, we all... We flock to it and we want to interact with it. Don't interact with it. Yeah, and it's not. They're, they're not real. They're stupid. They're people in their basements going, just like screaming abuse at the. You like that? Yeah, I did. Like a yeti, <laughs> screaming abuse at the wall, and then someone gave him a computer, and now they're just 
blurting out whatever comes <laughs> to their head. They're men. They're deranged. They're deranged. Oh, uh, and that's exactly right. And, thing- very, just very quickly, what happens there is is that people. In, and, and it was almost a question I was going to ask in they terms feed of, off was it. It, yeah, they feed it. But was it different twenty years ago? Possibly it was because people are going into the ground listening to the the general notion of what's online and what they and that's something they shouldn't be doing. Don't go with the online perception because we've got to always assume online is crazy. They're crazy, and then people like Talk Sport and these these media outlets they take the crazies and they make an article and saying they blow it up. They blow it up. They say Liverpool fans frustrated with Jurgen Klopp. Liverpool fans want Jurgen Klopp out. They, of course they don't. They know that that's not the case. Of course. They've talked to real people and that's not the case. But they take these idiots. Yeah. But that's the thing. You know, they say what the, that whole publicity thing and that would sell more than the positivity. But the thing is, I'm a, I think we do deserve criticism. I think Jurgen Absolutely. Klopp Constructive deserves... Constructive criticism. He deserves the criticism. The fans, the players, everyone deserves some form of criticism. But the thing is, I'm also against the people who go on Twitter and be overly positive for the sake of trying to be overly positive. It's not a positive moment at the moment for the club. We're not in a positive mood and things aren't positive. Okay. We've got like a few positives out. We've got a world class manager who is still trying to find the right bearings for the, the, the squad that we've got and things like that. We've got a world class player in Philip Coutinho. We've got world class fans. We've got a world class stadium. Yeah, there are positives, but don't sit there on Twitter and just try to be different and overly positive and just to be cool or just to be whatever it is it's not don't don't be fake don't, who are you lying to hmm. we're all not in a positive we're not all happy 100% happy with what's going on there isn't one person who's 100% happy with what's going on hmm. and if you are then you obviously don't know football enough it's it's sort of it, it, it reminds me of actually an article that um, Rupa uh, wrote uh, for Anfield HQ shout out to Rupa <laughs> ooh his, his body style you started doing a bit of a salsa dance there. what's mm, going on there shoulders are moving <laughs> sorry um, but the, the article look I'm not sure I, I, we only saw it quickly as we were looking through the feed but it said something like there's room for criticism I, I think she went on to I, I don't know maybe went on to um, could, we, could we get the actual article up there yeah we do possibly. want to go but um, it, it just basically said yes there's room for criticism and then I'm, I'm pretty sure there was an afterthought after that but um the, the the it just it sparked the memory in my mind of yes that of course we're allowed to criticize and we shouldn't like beat down on people who do offer criticism you know but yeah it can't go over the top the way it is have we got it there you find yeah one? yeah Klopp isn't immune to criticism yeah Klopp yeah that's fine but those calling for his head need to give theirs a wobble um so yeah it's just yeah it, it's. Yes, you can criticize, but it's got, it's got to be something constructive. It's got to be like, you know what I think we should do? I think we should do this. Or do you know what? You know what's going on at the moment? It's a little bit of that. It shouldn't be the defense is shit. We are shit. We are doomed. Because that's, it's, it's, not, it's not helping anybody. Yes, I agree with you. You don't have to be overly positive. But at the same time, um, you can't just completely throw all your chips into the camp of... We're doomed. Now, 100%. Because when you ask somebody, because I had this conversation with somebody who, who doesn't go for Liverpool, but he's he's a massive football fan and he goes for another team in the Premier League. That who cares who, which club it is? I'm not going to point. I'm not going to mention it because it's not important. But we had this chat about, oh, you know, Liverpool, this and that. And I said to him, so why do you think this player is what you said? Yeah, he mentioned um, he mentioned Lovren. Hmm. I said, so why do you think... He's doing what he's doing. And he, he didn't have a proper answer because he was too busy reading what everyone else is writing. I said, but you tell me, why do you think these mistakes are happening? Hmm. Because you, you, you're saying it, you're, you're like, you know, like you're there at the training session every day. 
Why is it happening then? You tell me. Ah, oh, you know, you know, he just, uh, he shit. Well, that's not an answer. Mm. It's not an answer. So don't come at me with your bullshit if you don't have an answer for it. Mm. If you want to talk, if I, if I, like, for example, I'll mention things on this pod now and I'll have answers for it all. Because mm. I truly believe what I'm saying and I know uh, enough about Liverpool and everything else to say, this is why I believe this is happening. Don't talk if you don't have an answer for it. I know. Just saying the defense is shit, lovering shit is, is stupid. I mean, I've, I've, and that's the thing. That's the beauty of Twitter. Is the thing people will say, "I don't have the characters to say it on Twitter. I can't. I can't. You know, I, I can't explain my full thoughts." Well, that's why you don't fucking argue on Twitter, mate. That's why they gave you only 140 characters because they knew that you were going to go on there and talk shit for fucking 3,000 words. Yeah, go write, you, a, go write an article if you want. I'll give you my phone number. Give me a call. We're more happy to talk. <laughs> um, the, I mean, look. The, the summary of that is, I think the support. It it, just, it it can't listen to the wave of idiots that exist in on on a on a platform that is giving voice giving a voice to people who you don't know who they are you don't know who they you don't know who they support you don't know how old they are you don't know what their mental capacity is don't take that as the norm media outlets newspapers they can't keep illuminating these things and if if we can accept that if these if these outlets are just using it as a story and these people are as crazy as they are. Then the people in the stadium and also the supporters watching at home, because you can have an impact via these social media outlets to the people going to the stadium. All of us collectively should just take a breath, go in, support the side. When you're in that stadium, when you when you're when you're at that pub, um, always just think about it in constructive, positive ways. Then after the game, yeah, have have, have a debate about it. Surely, constructive criticism. But yeah, just to, to, anyway. Moving on. Moving on. Moving, moving on. on from support. Um, Speaking of the supporters, they're 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 upset for a reason, and you know what? Yes, there is there is reason to be frustrated with this side, um, and one of the things is obviously the defense. Um, we're trying we're trying to go down this list of things to the positives. So the positives coming up soon, hopefully. We finish well, that, with the positive. We finish with positive, so that's good. The best way to finish. Best way to finish. Sounds a bit <laughs> suggestive. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, there's defensive issues now. We, we we just said if you're gonna if you're gonna you know um, criticize something, have an answer for it. We don't have all the answers, but we've got ideas. Um, and and the the thing that the the coach has brought up that that Jurgen has brought up is is concentration. Um, and I've I've actually got I've got criticism to to, to point at Jurgen Klopp for that. Um, but before I do that, I want to get your quick uh, ideas on the defense, Pete. They look nervous. Every time there's a team that passes the halfway line, we look nervous because of the support that's being bashed. What was it the other week? Lovren had deleted social media because of the abuse he was getting from wow. fans or something like that. That's ridiculous. And it, from fans, yeah, Re- abuse from his own fans. That's not on. And but the win. If you look at our win rate with him and Matip as the two centre backs, it, it's more. It's it's more successful than it is unsuccessful yeah so why not back these two when they're together like let's just support that little bit area there we need they need to feed off you Mm. the stadium the energy in the stadium the players can feel it when they walk out you know the energy that's in the air Mm. but the main issue i see i'm going to twist everything up here yeah our attack is our problem to the defense oh because dramas think about it 80 odd attempts at goal and you've only scored three right so they score out of the 80 odd attempts, they scored 10, which is still not a good success, right? 
how many points you reckon extra how many extra points you think we would have does that because so, so what that what that does is for me um and and this is you know go, going onto that point i was saying of yeah we can we, we can criticize and i'm going to point at the defense here because so what the defense is so we're not supposed to fix the defense we're just supposed to rely on the attack to just keep scoring well no 100% no 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 of course we've got our issues with the first and second ball we all know that but at the end of the day if we took a few more chances and we've gone up one or two early the pressure from the defense is relieved. Yep. And the microphone, or the microphone, the microscope isn't over our defense every time there's a goal because, oh, we lost 2 0. But they missed, before that first goal, when we've missed 10 opportunities at goal, you scored two of those. We're up 2 0 and things are cruising. We're controlling the pace of the game. We're not chasing a game. We've got possession. We want to keep it. We let them chase us, pull them out of their position. Bang, 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 bang. There goes three. Now, there's a, there's a reason why, you know, countries like America have adopted the sports they have. It's because there's lots of points, lots of goals, lots of scores. Now, football is traditionally a game that doesn't... It's Goals come, but they're, it's not rare, but it's very hard to do. Now, having said that, we should have a defense that is set up to deal with a scenario where goals aren't happening all the time. And if they were, then in the 87th minute, we could be at nil-nil and the goal that we score doesn't bring us 1-1 or it doesn't bring us 2-1. It brings us 1-0. Very good. Yeah. And again. But having said that very quickly, I don't mind the defense learning about it this way. Like you, you, know, like you said, um, it's, it's, it's nervousness for them. I would rather that. I'd rather them learn about it. Learn about what happens when your attackers don't score and they don't score immediately. And now the pressure's on you and the microscope, as you said, is on them. How do you deal with that pressure? I'd rather them learn it because the way that you learn is by falling over when you're a baby and you're like, and you fucking stack it. You get up and you walk again. That's how humans learn things, by doing them wrong and then correcting them. Look, our defense is down and we shouldn't be kicking them when they're down. We should be put, we should be dragging them up by the collar, saying, come on. The next, like, for example, the air swing from Lovren in that game where it just went across goal. against. should the, sing his name. Was it Sevilla, wherever it was? Yeah. That, oh, no. Wasn't it... Um, yeah, it was. Was it severe? Yeah, it was severe. Yeah, that, it was. that should never happen in a million years. Regardless how many attempts we miss an open goal, that should never, ever happen. Mm. That's an individual error. That's not a defensive error. Mm. Okay? If our, I, I'm not blaming the attackers because our attack is lethal. Mm. But you can't say that they've been... They're getting away with it because our defense has been the one who's been copying everything. Yep. We've got to look at the attack too. I, I'm sorry. Absolutely. It's, no, a, it's I agree. a collective thing. It's a team game. Um, just, just looking at that because um, in terms of uh, looking at the defense, there's, there's one thing. So we can, put it in, we can put it in two camps. And the first camp is definitely one problem with the defense is that they're getting put under pressure by the attack's lack of ruthlessness. That's 100%. definitely point one. Um, however, to go into point two, there, there has to be a system, whether it's systemic which is, means it has to do with the actual system. Um, I, th- I guess tactical comes into that as well. This is all in, in, in camp number B, or camp letter B rather, uh, which is basically there is something about the defense in general that's not quite functioning exactly right. And th- the one thing that Jurgen Klopp brought up was concentration. And we mentioned immediately after that, you actually said, I think it's a lack of, what I say? Leadership. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. 
Lack of leadership. It's and that's is, is that sorry, I didn't mean to push you into that direction. No, but no. Is that is that is that that was one thing that you, you literally spat out when you um when I mentioned concentration yeah. and defense. Well, leadership And that's across the whole pitch. Go back to that cheers moment where we were at Cheers and we were there before the um mm. which came was it which came to watch it Cheers? Burnley. Burnley. Yeah. Um we we're watching Southampton versus Crystal Palace. Yeah. And Van Dyke walked onto the pitch for four minutes, I think it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was the f- his first thing he did when he walked on the pitch? What was it? Do you remember? And yeah, I, he was, and I pointed out to point, you. He was pointing out fingers. He was screaming. He was yelling. He was organizing. His first lot of communication when the camera was him was, let's push up, push up. You can mm. read his lips. It says, push up, push up. Mm. So he, straight away, he walks on. He's organizing the fence. You here, you there. Push up. Let's squeeze in here. We don't have that. Mm. We actually, I've never seen one of our fullbacks try and organize a rest defense. Arrest defense means when we're attacking, when we when we have the ball and we're attacking, what is our defense doing? Because we, we, we're obviously not defending anything. But what are we doing to set up and prevent an attack from them? There's no organization. Hmm. Zero. There's a point that they bring up on the Anfield right, which is that Carragher, and this is something that Carragher has said elsewhere, but I have to credit the, those guys for, for hearing about it. Carragher used to say that I, I spent the whole game thinking that we we're going to concede. He said I was the most negative person on the field in terms of the way I set myself up. That's why I was constantly screaming, going, I don't want to concede, you know? And that's exactly the, the point that you're bringing up. There's no defenders sort of going, I'm really worried about conceding. And they're probably just watching the game, which is concentration. Yeah. You don't watch the game. You, you're you on your toes. You're always taught as a, as, as, as a young footballer, always on your toes, always be thinking. And on that note, as a young footballer, for example, with, with my squad and with what, I, what I'm doing at our academy, whenever we're attacking... I'm, my thing is I focus a lot on defense, right? Mm. Defense and opposition are my specialties in, in, in my role anyway. So when we're attacking, I'm always screaming out our two center backs, are you happy with the picture? Mm. I just ask them the question, are you happy with the picture? And I don't tell them what to do. And you watch a reaction to see if there's a good one, if there's a negative one. When there's a good one, you, they're straight away they look around, aha, uh-huh. You sit in deep here. You tuck in. We need you a bit closer. And I'm they're talking not only to the de- de- their own defenders, but their midfielders. midfielders. Yeah, okay. for sure. So your defensive unit is not just your defense. It's your midfield. Keep going. Yeah. And when there's a negative um, reaction, we bring it back on video. So we do a video analysis. This is what you could have done better. Hmm. I don't. I, it's almost like we're not doing that at Liverpool Football Club. They need someone on the side, almost like Jurgen Klopp's little miniature shrunken version of him, the fitness guy. I don't know. Get him running up the field, like just out of the technical area and just, you know, very, very yeah. sneakily go, are you guys happy with yeah. the picture? Are you guys happy with the picture? Are you happy with the picture? Constantly. They should be asking themselves that all the time. Because there's moments in the match where, like, you can, like, I remember in the chip, George, look at that. Look at the gap between the midfield and defence. Hmm. That's not a midfielder's problem. We should be pushing up as a back four to squeeze and to limit the gap in between the two. That's that's making a compact defense, which is what Rafa Benitez was always harping on about. I love a compact team. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's um, they always say compact. Compact, compact, compact. be compact. I sound like fucking my, my defenders have to be compact with the midfield. Defender, he's important, no? He's important, no? Um, I sounded like um, what do you call him? Scarface then for a little bit. Tony Montana. But one thing that, so we, we mentioned leadership and, and also keeping in mind, we're talking about the defense, not just your back four, it's also your midfield in front. I mean, you can then go further and say, yeah, your front three need to help out as well. But I, I prefer to focus on your, your, your back four and your midfield. <clears throat> but sometimes lack of leadership, I, I sometimes see it as, it's very easy to say, 
Carragher was a leader and, you know, Gerard led on the pitch by example and players like Luis Suarez led on by the on the pitch by example. Um, but sometimes I can see it as a bit of a cop-out because it's almost like when, oh, I'm trying to think of the... There's an analogy... Like, anyway, I can't think of the analogy exactly that applies to football, but basically I don't like hearing leadership because I don't know what to what the personality trait is. Leadership, yeah, sure. How? And the one thing that I've brought it down to as, as a personality trait in terms of what you can do as a player is aggression. That for me is the closest uh, you can get to for enhancing leadership. So I'll give you examples. We were talking about uh, Steven Gerrard. He had an aggression in his game. And I talked about it in terms of how I, I play on the field as well. You know, um, when I'm feeling that fire in me and I'm feeling aggressive and I can just, I can go into tackles, I can bounce, I can, I can you know, I'm not afraid of getting injured. I'm, I, I'm, I'm switched on. That takes a lot of energy. And that's why I fucking didn't make it as a footballer because you, I, can't, I can't do that every, every single game. Luis Suarez, you saw him, he literally had straps on his arms because he was breaking his fingers on how much he was holding people and bouncing off people. He had that fire. The best players in the world are leaders because they're aggressive and they're constantly switched on. That is tiring. It's so tiring. And you mentioned players like Torres, even. Yeah, even Torres. Cause how many yellow cards did he used to get yeah. chasing defenders down and just chopping them down? Yeah. Okay, that's not the best thing to do. John Terry he did, remember? Yeah, because you're, that's conceding possession. And a lot of the time the managers get the shits at that. But at the same time, it's a form of leadership to say that I want to win. And look what and I'm that's doing. that's it. That's it. I want to win. That's the one. And the others, we mentioned Mascarano. We mentioned even Pepperina from the back was a good leader. All these people, what they are is they're constantly on their toes. If you want to look at it like uh, uh, from, a, from a footballing skillful perspective, they're constantly on their toes and they're, they're just switched on 100% all the time. What, 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 what can I, what, in this situation, what's my job and how can, I think, how can I address it? The problem with our team is what I think is that they're not constantly thinking enough. And again, that's tiring. That's mental tiredness. And sometimes it actually takes 10% of physical fitness to be more mentally switched on. Because at 90 minutes in the game, that's when you start to switch off mentally. Rainer, what can I do to make sure this defense is in front of me perfectly? In a perfect sort of formation. Your defense, how are my midfielders? How close are they to me? Your midfielders, how close am I to my defense? How close am I to my... Everyone, you can't have a whole team of that, but you need to have some of those. You only three. Exactly, but that's the question is, do yeah. we have those three in the current team? No. You could probably say there's one, possibly, but I actually think Emre Chan has a bit of that. He's got aggression. I think, he's got, I think if you give him the role, I think he'll do it. Mm. But because he doesn't, I don't think he does as much as he should. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got other kind of leaders. For example, Phil Coutinho and Mane lead in different ways. They lead in by, I want to win as well, but in a footballing sense. where Mane, Give me the ball. Mane's got the aggression. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. That's why he's our best player alongside someone like Phil Coutinho. You know, Mane, he got the red card. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to, but you see, it's, it is a trait amongst these players. They do get, they get little niggly bookings and fouls and stuff because yeah. they're, they're constantly playing on the edge and you have to be on the edge to be at your best. And in terms of sacrifice for the team, you look at Firmino, there's no one better in our team who does it like him. Mm. The amount of running he does to hunt down a ball, he'll come in, he'll do this. He's, he's quite aggressive as well in a different sense, but there's no organizers on the field. Mm. That's my biggest issue. Yes, we have leaders to say, give me the ball, I want to score. But there's no organizers. And that's the biggest problem because in Jurgen Klopp's system in all-out attack, that rock, as he likes to call it, rock and roll football, 
it's almost like we have a rock and roll attitude as well. Like we don't know what's going to happen next. Like with you know with the rock stars, you don't know what's going to happen in the after party. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know. And but that's the way we are. We don't know what's going to happen. We need somebody on the field as a general and say, "Oi, you don't attack this time round. You sit here for a second because if that ball comes long and a quick counter attack, you're there to win it." And it's one of those ones. And we don't have that. We don't have somebody who goes up to the referee in his ear and goes, "That was a foul." That's aggression. That as was well. a foul. That's aggression as well. You know, it's it's you're constantly you're in that moment where you're again you're at a hundred percent aggression, and something goes wrong. You want to explode at everybody. You go, "I fucking it didn't fucking work." And the referee gives you a yellow card for it, or he starts telling you it was a foul. You go off at the ref. You say, "Why wasn't it that one?" And your mind's it's not switched on. Why wasn't that one before? There was a foul. It was exactly the same. Why wasn't that one a yellow card? These sorts of things. You do it enough to a ref. They see it. They get it from a lot of people. It can influence their decision it influences the other team's decision it influences your own player's decision everyone that they can feed off it there was actually there was a game i once played where i just sat there i just kept screaming at how you know at at how exposed we can we can make their midfield and they started getting the shits they started clearing the ball out i'm just not saying i'm fucking best player in the world but these sorts of things happen you know yeah look and again it's 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 tough um the, the the other thing in terms of concentration so concentration we talked about leadership uh, and then aggression, but then that—that's the players. That's the players, and it's maybe it's up to a coach to influence the players. But then going on to now the management. One reason why I think the concentration possibly could also be impacted is the system, the tactical setup. And I've, I've said this on a couple of other pods, but I'll, I'll articulate it uh, even even more now. I feel like we're trying to implement a ten. Like if you had marks in terms of like, you know, uh, difficulty and then payoff, we've got a 10 out of 10 system we've got here. It's complete and total football. And if you do it right, you'll be 10 out of 10, which means you do thrash teams 5-0 every single week. That's 10 out of 10. I feel like Jürgen's going towards this total football 10 out of 10 thing. And maybe he doesn't have the players for it. Maybe they need to learn it. Maybe it's going to take some time, whatever. If that's the case... We just need to sit back and just enjoy them, you know, figuring it out. The other option is to give them the 8 out of 10 approach, which, as we've said, possibly a 4-2-3-1, 2 screening, something where it's not as it's not as fluid, it's a little bit more rigid, but at least people, they don't need to concentrate 100% of the match. They just need to concentrate for maybe 60% of the match. I use that analogy again, Man United. When they switch off, it doesn't lead to a goal-scoring opportunity because there's someone next to them who can pick up the pieces. In this team, if you switch off, the whole team is fucked. And it possibly, you know, we even talked about Chelsea when, when, when Conte lost to Liverpool. He said, fuck, it's not working. I can't play with four at the back. We need to have three slash five in defense to fix this. And the system worked for them. Can, can Jurgen? Jurgen's probably too stubborn to to change his way. to change the ways into an eight out of ten, just to make sure that de, the defense it, it understands what they're doing because it doesn't look like they understand. They understand, but in in moments where things go wrong, everything goes wrong. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong in, for example, so it's having you're talking about two in the middle, right? In front of the defenders. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with having two in front until the defenders get confident enough in the situation, in, in the system. So then once you feel like that's it, they've got it, then you can just say, okay, now we only need one. So you say initially start with, so go four, two, three, one, get the defense playing with confidence again, and then you go to the one in, in midfield. Yeah, so protect the defenders, let, them, let their confidence grow. 
because there's a lot of changing happening. Like centre backs are changing, left and right full backs are changing, goalkeepers are changing, change, 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 change. And there's not enough consistency happening in those back five players, including the goalkeeper. That's why I say five. Hmm. To say that they're, they're stable enough now. They're, they're not stable. So we need to do something in front of them to protect them, get them stable, get them to understand what Klopp wants 100%, as he spoke about earlier uh, in his last conference, was second ball positioning and winning the first ball. Mm. So let that happen. Once that's, they're good there, okay, now we don't need two there. Let's push one a little higher. Mm. Or one that does in between the, the two. And that's and that's that's flexibility. That's how you can adapt. It's flexibility and adaptability for the team. And we saw we did it last season towards the end of the year, and it just I, I guess it, it all comes down to whether Jurgen Klopp thinks that the situation is dire enough for him to make a change. He probably doesn't think it is um, at the moment. He also probably thinks next year I'm going to get the players I want. Now he's not like Pep Guardiola. We're talking about other teams and and them addressing their you know their issues uh, in the transfer market. Now Manchester City can address their issues in 100 but spend 100 million on two fullbacks you know they can they can bring back a 35 million pound uh, center back in Mangala and have him sit on the bench and do absolutely nothing and chew up the wages he can buy you know 50 million pound strikers they, they can do that with Jürgen he's sort of thinking like would, would Pep Guardiola change his system never never he would never change his system so why would Jürgen Klopp change the system so what Jürgen's doing is he goes you know what until I get the players I'm just going to persist with the system with the players I've only got maybe 7 out of the 11 players that I, I want can I just add to that yep Pep Guardiola did not change his system he, he tweaked it and he, he mentioned it in a few of his press conferences at the back end of last season he goes well this is my first year in English football and I understand how difficult it really is <clears throat> he goes this is the, actually the most difficult league I've ever played in hmm so I need to tweak my system. So if you ever look now, for example, what's made them so successful is they actually play with two strikers, yep. Aguero and, and Jesus. But the philosophy in the way the ball gets there, it doesn't change. Right. They tweaked it. Right. So And obviously, look how successful they've been over the past few weeks. And, that, and the scary thing is they're just starting to click. Mm. They've got De Bruyne and, and Silva in free roam roles. Mm. And they've got their protect. Are, are they playing a back three at the moment? They are, but yeah, with the back three and the, and the two wingers, they go up and down. Yeah, the, the full backs. That yeah. protect. They, they, those two wing. Uh, what do they call them? Wing full wing backs. Wing backs. Yeah. yeah. They protect the gaps left by Silva and De Bruyne. If you have a look. Mm. So because they've got that free run role to help the other two up top, and then so it's the same system, it's the same philosophy. You saw that goal I tweeted just before. It's mm. that that's just like 2011 Barcelona. That's just moving the ball. Find the right gaps in between. Thank you. Cross, cut back, goal. The system hasn't changed, but he's tweaked two little things here and there to make sure that system is perfect. So, a little bit of criticism that that is justified towards Jurgen in this in this point in time is possibly you, you should should be a little bit more flexible and possibly tweak the system. You're still playing your free flowing football, but just maybe switch that. Switch that midfield triangle from a 1-2 to a 2-1. Or one of your fullbacks never bombs on. Never. So like it's almost like with Flanagan. We, we, we cracked the sh- A few people cracked the shits because he didn't overlap enough with Oxlade-Chamberlain. But, you know, no one would crack the shits if the system was one of your fullbacks stays back and one of them goes up like Rafa did. Rafa's system always had your left side was bombing on. You'd have uh, Reza and Aurelio as two wingbacks switching with each other constantly. So they, they both knew if one went, I'd stay. If one stay, I'd go. And then but your right fullback at the time was Steve Finnan, who fucking, he was good at crossing from deep, but he ne- he, didn't, he didn't want to bomb on as much as what maybe Reza or Aurelio did. So 
that's a tweak in the system. I, I, I personally don't think we're going to see it from Jürgen because he's just going to wait until he gets the players that he wants. And like I said, he's got to wait two seasons to get the players he wants. Someone like Guardiola, Mourinho, they don't need to wait. They get it instantly. Even yeah. Conte got his instantly. I'm going to have to wait for Naby Keita. Yep, we've got to wait for Naby Keita. We've got to wait for Van Dijk. For, I reckon he's coming in January. Um, we've got to wait. And that's why maybe, maybe he doesn't want to change the system because he knows that Van Dijk's coming in January. Why would he change his system that he thinks is a 10 out of 10? Yeah, but there's no point. There's no harm in, for example... Telling one extra midfielder to say, you sit back now. Just, yep. just sit back now. I Until agree. January. There's no, there's no harm in that because it, we create opportunities. Our problem is not creating opportunities. So this is the thing now. Everyone's like, Jürgen Klopp, this, Jürgen Klopp, that. Jürgen Klopp's job from Monday to Friday is to tell the team, in, I'm talking in attacking patterns now, right? I'm not talking anything to do with defending. This is what you have to do in attack. This is the, When he goes here, you go there. The ball goes there, you bounce it to there, you run in behind Mane because Firmino's going to come in. And then that's how we're going to get to the final third. Hmm. He doesn't... It's for them to score. So if we're creating 80-odd opportunities in three games, what Jurgen Klopp is doing from Monday to Friday is working. Yeah. You cannot debate that. If the players aren't putting the ball in the back of the net, that's not his problem. Hmm. Because he's not scoring. He's not playing. He's not the striker. His job is the training exercises to get the ball there. And is he? Yes. We created 80-odd opportunities. We scored three. That's not Jurgen Klopp's problem. Hmm. They are paid professionals who play at international levels, who get over 100k a week. They should be scoring more than three goals in eight opportunities. Um, there's one thing that just moving on from the. I mean, this is sort of to do with concentration. Just one more last thing in the defense that it's really. I, it's not a huge thing. I just want to bring it up because I haven't had a chance to bring it up in a show yet. Can we get someone off our fucking keeper on set pieces? Can we get someone off the fucking keeper? It happened against Leicester. No, no, it wasn't Leicester. Burnley. It was Burnley, where I said it. I said that there's someone on Mignolet, and it's shitting me. And in that game, people were praising Mignolet because of that world-class save he made. But you know where the save came from? Corner. Because it, from the corner, but what happened was Mignolet had someone on him. That one shirt tug on Mignolet and that one push meant that Mignolet had these couple of steps less to get to catch the ball. And that ball was in catchable fucking territory. It's where we saw Danny, Danny Ward caught the ball six meters away, like further out than where that ball was. Mignolet could have caught it if he wasn't obstructed. But what happened was he was obstructed, his movement was impacted, and in his mind he goes, considering the three steps I've taken, I cannot catch this ball. So what did he do? He retreated back. And whenever you see a keeper go and then come back, that's uncertainty, definite definite uncertainty. What happened? The header came in and he saved it. Okay, great. You saved it, but you should never have been in that that position to start with. Players were confused. They see their goalkeeper coming coming and going and, and not catching it. For me, I hated that. And I hated the fact that he actually had to make the save. The way you fix it, <clears throat> there has to be someone in defense pushing that player off. And it happened against Watford. Two goals were, were conceded against Watford because Mignolet had some cunt on him. Push him off, Mignolet. Push him off. Show some fucking cajones. Yeah, but they're like we've got at Liverpool. If he pushes him, it's a penalty. He's getting fouled in the box. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you know what he should do? He should go referee, go up to the ref when, when it's a goal kick, and yeah. bring him over. Say, I'm injured, ref. I'm injured. Fucking dirty. Dark yeah. arts. Ref, I'm injured. What, what's wrong, Mignolet? I'm not injured. I just want to get you over here. Can you fucking tell them to stop being on me? Because what am I supposed to do? Can I push them off me? That, something. Yeah. Fucking. I, it shits me. And you know what? If it's not Mignolet doing it, it should be Lover. It should be Chan. You know what? The smallest player on the field should be going up and pushing him off the goalkeeper. Yeah, we should have someone doing that role. 
it's that needs you need to protect your goalkeeper, right? But you know why they very quickly. You know why you don't do it because we're playing zonal and they're they're instructed to stay in their zones. No one is instructed to be on the keeper. That's like an under six. It's like an under sixes thing. It's like stay on the keeper. Yeah, but then again, it's, but it's, 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 it's a tweak. It should be made exactly. Yes. So uh, that's my only criticism of Jurgen Klopp. Really, is the fact that he takes too long to make substitutions. Mm. There's moments in the game where you're like, okay, now make a sub, keep it warm, and it takes too long. And next thing you know, they're the, the heat of the moment's gone. The, the the good patch that we're in has died down, and then the sub comes in, thinking we can relight that fire. Yep. You got to do it while it's hot. You got to strike the iron while it's hot, as they say. You got to. I think uh, that's my criticism there, and the other criticism is that he doesn't tactically make enough changes in terms of what we've just spoken about. Mm. And again, this is our opinion, right? We're just two fans talking. But at the same time, I think it's quite evident that it doesn't happen. In the next game, if there's a corner and there's someone on Mignolet, I want someone to fucking hit him. Get him off. Push him off. Mignolet, push him off. You know what? Keepers actually never get pulled up for that. Yes, we'll get pulled up for it. We'll probably would. We'll get a penalty. Six red cards for it. Six red cards, yep. But um, anyway, I don't want to fucking see that again. And guys, if you're listening, keep an eye out for it. And maybe we can, maybe that can be a constructive way that Twitter and social media can help. We all collectively write in about this, and then just someone in Liverpool can just get the fucking guy off the goalkeeper. Anyway, Mingle's got Twitter. Let's just uh, let's just tweet him. Tweet him. There we go. We'll be we'll be the, the upset fans, but it'd be constructive. Like, Mignolet, can you just please get the guy off you? <laughs> just yeah. tell him to stop stepping on we'll, your toes. We'll create a video, a very constructive one, saying this is for your benefit. And there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm trying to remember where the positives were. Oh, we've, they're down there at the bottom. We've got somewhere. two. The funny thing is, that we've got two positives down the bottom here of this uh, of this uh, agenda. One of them is is fine. The next one is actually it's it's a positive saying. Saying in Jurgen we trust, but then we've got a negative that he talked about. He says we're not defending the second balls properly, so that's not really a positive. But it's like one and a half positive. I think so, the positive there is that he's identified it. That's where you got to look at it. Well, let's talk about. Well, let's just go on to this one then. The first positive I was gonna uh, I was gonna go on about was that Jurgen Klopp is a, a positive thinking manager, and he cannot hear negative things. And for me, this is this is this is very very good because we've got a manager who thinks clearly. He's not gonna. He's not going to make knee-jerk reactions to things. And I guess we're asking him to make knee-jerk reactions, essentially. We want him to play uh, a two-screening. But um, we've also got someone who, who who is identifying these issues. Uh, I actually have no idea how this is positive, to be honest. <laughs> oh, the positive is, I think it's, it's one of those long-term positives where let's see, now because Leicester this weekend, right, they found that, or everyone knows our weakness, We'll see if it's been addressed. I think that's a positive. The positive now is the way we should be looking. The positive is we, we can identify our faults. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, it's not positive if you don't fix it. That's true. So but we've got to find that now against Leicester on the weekend. How are we going to deal with it? It's funny because the, the, basically he says that we, we, we had a problem with the first ball in the past and we fixed it because we were conceding um, corners from direct. Like we were just conceding goals from direct corners. Now he says the issue is because we fixed that, something else has unpl- has has um has broken, which is that the second ball is now free because we're all swarming towards the first ball. We can't get to the second ball. This is something we've talked about on this pod, and we don't have to go on, go on about that. Let's just go on to the other positive, which is much more clearer. Continues playing again. Yeah, that's I think that's I've, just clearer. I found that positive. I thought in the month of September we were spoken about what's a positive, what we can talk about. Continue is playing for Liverpool again, mm. and he's been good and he's getting better. So he was good against Burnley. And he was good against Leicester. Yes. Hopefully this weekend, because I think he needs another two games again before he reaches that Coutinho of last season towards the back end. 
And I think we've got that world-class magician again. It's funny that we talk about that thing about support and, and anxiety. If, 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 there isn't, if there's a lack of anxiety and there's a lack of negativity in the ground and there's just more positivity and, and, and just amongst the players, and it's just the, it's the players as well. I'm not just talking about fans here. The players as well need to have a, a sense of, it's okay, let's just trust each other. Then Coutinho doesn't go out and do these wild shots that he does. So one thing that'll help Coutinho a lot is just knowing and trusting that it's just that it'll click eventually because the problem that he's having at the moment is he's trying to win back everybody immediately with like a long range shot or, you know, I think if he just keeps things ticking over, that's when he's at his best because he is better than everybody on the field. Nobody can take the ball. He's never lost. I don't think, I think he's lost the ball once or twice since he's come back, since he's come back, but that was in like his opening few games. I don't think he lost the ball against Leicester. Not once. And that's hard to do, man. That's fucking hard not to lose the ball. Like, and you, can argue, and you can argue the fact that when he came off, everything fell apart. It did. And that, that's disappointing that that happens. But <sighs> look, that's Jurgen Klopp and the way he wanted to approach the game. And that's the way it is. We can't... That's his method. That's the way he wants to do it. What are we going to complain about on Twitter? We're not going to change it. You mentioned something during the pod. So I want to put this down as positive number two and a half. Um, you said that we were creating chances. So that's cool. We've got, we've got <laughs> Salah performing well mm-hmm. uh, up front. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Now, our attacking unit is fine. That's positive. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine, but it could be a lot better. It could be a lot more clinical. Absolutely. And the thing is, people actually often have a go at Salah for, for not being ruthless enough. Um, and it's funny because uh, uh, Harry Wilson just scored a goal for the under-23s. Uh, maybe from the angle. The, from the angle, from That's that right. same Salah Man angle. Man City. Against Salah, Man City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was in on goal and he opened himself up and he put it so maybe Salah should bunk up with Harry Wilson and Wilson can just let him know you know just ha- how to finish those chances. But the th- the thing that I've mentioned is is that if Salah finishes all four of his chances, he scores four goals a game and he's Lionel Messi. He's not Messi. He's scored five this season, hasn't he? The scary thing is he scored five exactly, and he should be on ten. Exactly, that's the, exactly. But if he was on ten, he'd be Messi, and he wouldn't cost us thirty five mil. He'd cost us a hundred mil. So he'll get there, hopefully. Hopefully, I'm I'm happy. I'm personally happy. I'm happy with him missing four and scoring. Look at Mane's start to us at the same. Look at Suarez's start to us. They missed a lot of opportunities. Oh, Suarez hit the post every single time. But then eventually it all started to click. For example, Mane starts obviously now he's scoring a lot more often. Hmm. Let's just hope Salah follows the same path because he gets himself in situations where he can win us games on his own. He's way more prolific than what those two were when they start. Mane just was just seamless, but. Way more prolific than what Suarez was when he arrived. Yeah, well, the, yeah, but the thing is, Suarez's finishing is impeccable. The, the, Salah's a little bit mm. Mm, rusty, to say the least. Because if you look at his goals, have either been like a, a decent tap in on far post or that, that shot against Burnley that should never have gone in. It's it's funny because that goal against Arsenal was such a good finish, the breakaway. Because he oh had, yeah, the little bend on there. Because he had Sturridge or Chan, Chan in yeah. in in support, and I'm like. So this is what this is this is how my mind worked in that situation. I said, I want him to square it because that's a that's a ten out of ten chance and that's a definite goal if he squares it. Then the other part of me said, I want him to be selfish and yeah. go for it because then he'll learn that I'm good enough to do this. I was thinking and, selfish, and then he went selfish and he did it. And you love that. I love when someone is two on one with a goalkeeper, like Raheem Sterling. Have you seen him in that situation? What yeah. does he do? He passes all the time. He never goes for goal. Well, Suarez always goes for goal. Suarez would go for goal. Um, 
Gerard used to Gerard used to actually go for goal as yeah. well, which I, I used to love. I think that's what helped him score because the keeper was in two minds, like he's going to pass, and then obviously no, he didn't. So it's one of those ones as well. So it's, anyway, but yeah, I think once our forwards start to be a little bit more clinical up top, I think it will help our defenders out. I think it starts from the front, as I say, the best form of attack, defense is attack, isn't it? Is that what they say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are we are we happy? Are we happy? Is there anything else we want to... Yeah, oh, this is a fun question. I'm not... This is not a serious question, but come, let's say, mid-season, what would your ideal midfield three look like? And well, it doesn't... Like, don't overthink it. It's just like a fun one, if you want to... I, I would say Chan, DM, Lalana right, Coutinho, left. But that seems a little bit too... And you know what? My ideal, fuck that. Fuck that off. I want it to be Chan and... Who the fuck would be sitting with him in? I have no idea, man. Because right. I want, I, I go on about my four-two-three-one. Yeah. Right, let's pretend it's four-two-three. Let's pretend they've got two holders, right? In my ideal situation, actually, no, not the Ch- Ch- yeah, Chandlana Coutinho above them. All right, my yeah. ideal situation in terms of a defensive setup. So if we're going to set defensive, so we can still score one or two instead of scoring three or four, but cop less at the back with games. Under his belt, I think my two in the middle with Khan, Chan, sorry, more of a freedom role to bomb on when he has to, but majority of his priorities are picking up the ball, moving it, keeping the ball alive. Will be Grich and Chan. That's interesting. And Coutinho in front of them two, having that messy role slash coming in off the Eden Hazard role slash whatever role you want to call it. Do what you want. It's interesting you say Grich because he he was interesting against Leicester. He was interesting because I think he started the game really well. And he started the game a little bit deeper and he was doing that thing that I talk about a lot, which is that he turns players. He was turning players really well. Um, just a, a quick little, just behind behind the foot, bang, change direction quickly and give the ball to someone in a better position. I like that. I think then he started to drift forward a little bit. So like you said, with games, maybe Gruich is an option. But I, the problem I had with Gruich in that game was that I don't, I don't know positionally where he was. So if I was to have him in a two, I would like to believe that he would learn how to be a little bit more, um, what would you call it? He just organized or, or, or mature in his in his positioning. In this current state, obviously, like you said, without games, I cannot see him in a two because I think he wants to go up, bomb on and score goals. Yeah, but you're allowed to, you know, out of the two. You one can, can go and one As long as one sits and then the yeah. other one, it's, it's interchangeable, which That's we did true. really well with, with Rafa and with Alonso and Mash, for yep. example, right? And like I said, I mean, just again, it was just a fun question, but I'd love to see Gruch get more games because I know he's got that, you want to talk about, go back before, go back to before, where it says leadership, aggression, wanting to win. He does have all that. He he's an animal. That. Yeah, that's true. And he's a prick. Yeah. And we don't have a midfield prick. And he he's a, he looks like a big prick. He's like a six foot four prick. The first fifteen minutes of that game of that Leicester game, I thought Gruich. Um, uh, you know, I said like, we got there's that there's a player. I think we got a player there. But you know what? Lack of games. You know what a lot of people do is they look at the rest of the game and they say fuck this yeah. shit. But he hasn't had any games. Give give him some time to sort of. I would love to see more of him. I agree. Nineteen years old. Yeah. Nineteen. Yeah. So I think we just need a little bit patient with him because. He looks. He's he's got his passing range is really really good. He can he can hit sixty yard passes. The problem is that he doesn't know how to control that yet. You can tell he overhits a lot of passes, the long diagonal ones, mm. because he's got the power clearly. If he's overhitting those kind of passes, Jesus Christ! 
But the second he starts to manage his 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 technique and get those passes on point, he can do them. He can do those passes. The ones that we get it from one side and it's a quick long diagonal on the weak side. Off you go, Salah. Boom, in behind. Hmm. He need, he needs to add a bit of maturity to his game, and he's nineteen. A lot of central midfield. I mean, Emre Chan started to come good at what last year, yeah. a couple of years ago. That's twenty-two. That's three years. You possibly got to wait for this guy well, to get into a position continue? where he's yeah, where he's actually mature enough. So we, we definitely got to keep a lot of patience with Gruich. And I, yeah, the good thing about having him in a midfield as well is if, if he again, if he if he gets that discipline, that's what I was looking for. If he has that discipline to sort of know when to sit off. A lot of these, a lot of these instances. For example, that the goal we conceded against, um, is it the Hoffenheim one where it's in between Matip and uh, Alexander Arnold? Yeah. Is that Hoffenheim? Yep, yep. In the, the back, the, over, over, the, over yep. the top, hundred percent. If you've got a Gruich there who's a little bit more sort of disciplined, he's tall enough. He's six four. He's a he's a beast. He comes in off off, um, and even in the Burnley game where you've got Wood winning that header against Klavan and, and Matip, you've got a Gruich there in front. He's scary. He, he can actually win the first header. So you don't have Klavan leaving his zone to come in and help Matip. Instead, you've got Gruich coming back a little bit. So you've actually got an extra defender. And it's a midfield presence, right? Imagine yeah. Emre Chan and him as two together. Like that's, you're looking at almost the Great Wall of China between the sides. Mourinho would do that because he's done it with Fellaini. And he reminds me of Matic. Matic is tall as well, yeah. Gruich. Gruich reminds me of Matic. Like that mm. kind of, I'm big, but look how good. Technically, I'm very, very good and I can do a lot. Like mm. Gruich can hit a long distance shot. We've seen it. He can ping it from 40 yards, 40 yards out. Can he go for goal? Yeah, why not? Boom. Hmm. And with my chance, mobility, kind of technical ability, he can go forward and then continue the free roam. I think in terms of balance, I think it's perfect. Very quickly, I think this is the last thing we're going to wrap up on because we've just come up to 50 minutes um, here. How does someone like Gruwich improve? And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say games, but I mean, League Cup's gone now. Do you do you sort of accept a little bit of rustiness and you blood him in in the Premier League or you blood him in in the in the Champions League? I think you know it's a perfect. Or, or does he go out on loan for a year? No, definitely not loan because I think there's something there we can use soon. Why not use him in away games? For example, away you need a presence away. Like you know, teams that always want to play with us away. They want to they want to hit us hard with the long balls. They want to try to get second balls off and then they want to pick us off that way. If you've got Gruich in the middle of the park in away matches, you need a physical presence because it's always going to be hard. For example, a Watford away, your Burnley's away, your Stoke away. You need someone that's going to say, I'm not giving in to your challenges. And he's got that in him. You know what manager I think Gruich would fucking clean up uh, under right now? And I can give you examples of players who have is Rafa. I think Gruich right now at 19 years old would be a close to a starter in a Rafa Benitez side because... He's got the physical presence. He's got the ability. But Rafa has that 4-2-3-1 system we're talking about. Doesn't require as much discipline because what happens is the system is making you disciplined. You yourself don't have to concentrate as much. And what happens is, like we were saying, the team grows in confidence as a result of that and the players can get better. Now, we saw what he did with Damien Plessis. Remember that? That fucking six foot three French player who had a blinder against Arsenal because he was just told to do a job, sit there and do it. And he was a destroyer. Yeah, he went on to have a nothing career, but Rafa Benitez was able to get him to play in that way in a in a in a tough match like Arsenal away. I think it was we're in the black, the black kit, if I'm not mistaken. I would love to see Gruwich because I, I I think with Klopp you need to be a lot more mature and disciplined to be in that side, and I'm just afraid that that Gruwich might get a little bit lost. But I would love to see him in a Rafa four two three one because he the system would provide the discipline for him to grow and learn and become. 
the midfield. And then he gets the confidence. He has a strike randomly in a game. Scores that. Learns. How, how did I do that? Scores again and again and again. Well, if you look at now, our next midweek game is in Russia. Is that right? Yes. So he played in the league close-ish to Russia. Mm-hmm. He's been in those hostile atmospheres because he come from Red Star Belgrade, right? Yep. Have you seen their fans? Mm. Have you seen what their atmosphere looks like? He, he's going to be used. He's going to walk in there like, ah, oh, it's like I never left. Mm. Whereas we've got some other players, like, for example, I might mention Wijnaldum's name, who might go, oh, my God, it's so loud here. Like, you know, like it's <laughs> yeah. it's one of those ones where I think away in Russia, nice, yeah. away in Russia, I think Guric could will feel it right at home because he's that crazy Serbian mentality where oh, I'm not scared of nothing. You know? I'm not scared of nothing. <laughs> and you need that in there. Get in there. Get it. Go away in Russia. Start Guric, no problem. That's it. The aggression. I think the major point in this whole pod is that we need more aggression. Absolutely. Um, and having said that, uh, I think we might wrap it up there. Adios. It's been a really good uh, monthly uh, monthly couch review here for the Day Trippers. Uh, my name's been George. That's been Pete, the coach. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in a month. And hopefully uh, we've got better things to talk about in terms of uh, what October brings, Pete. And make sure you stay in touch with the podcasting couch because we will produce what once a week roughly yeah yeah something like that so stay in touch with the couch if you want to keep listening or in a month's time follow the day trippers because you'll hear us there and obviously listen to their stuff all the time and i'm sure you do um see you later and you will see you in october At Capella University, you're in control of your education. With the game-changing FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines and move at your own pace. The faster you move, the more you save. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more.